All right, here we go. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, what do the crowd, who do the crowds say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, the one of the prophets from long ago that has come back to life. But what about you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered them, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone this. After he said these things, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day he'll be raised to life. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, Thanks be to God. So we are in week one of our new series called the A Disciple's Path. It is a chance for us to remind ourselves of the promises we made when we joined this church or the promises you can make if you would like to join this church. I've been talking about this for about two years now, about wanting to do this series. And uh, we, we talked about it back in February. This is what we wanted to do. As opposed to, you remember last year we did the difference we make and it was a financial stewardship campaign about what it means to give to the church and how it informs our lives and how we're able to do great ministry. And I'm so grateful we did that. But this year, instead of just focusing on what does it mean to give or how, are, how what are the ministries doing Outside of, the, outside of the church also, I thought, and we all thought it'd be really good for us to spend six weeks together saying, what was that vow we took when we went through confirmation? What was that promise made, we made whenever we joined the church? Did, do you remember what it felt like whenever you said, I'm committing to these things? Some of us joined the church so long ago that you might not even know, we have added a vow. There used to be four, now there's five. And maybe you've never taken that witness vow. Get prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And so this is a chance over the next six weeks to explore what, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus at Dauphin Way United Methodist Church in Mobile and around the world. And so I'm excited about exploring those things together. And for the foreseeable future, Michael and I will always be preaching the exact same thing in all three of our services. If you catch the podcast, you'll be hearing the same message no matter who the preacher is as a way of trying to bring us all together as a church, discerning the word of the Lord together. And I'm excited about that and I hope that you are too. So let's dive in. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And all God's people said, Amen. Last thing before we get started, I brought this up here and I forgot it. Um, I try to make sure I call all of our visitors and guests just about every week. And um, I'm grateful for the, those of you who answer the phone. I get to have a call with you or if I leave you a voicemail. If I have missed you, it might be because you've never given us your information. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. But I would love to get to talk to you and get to know you more. And so if you would not mind filling out these attendance pads, they're on the inside of each aisle. And if you are a member here, please look at the names of the people on your row and introduce yourself to them so that we can be a family together. So ever since I've been here, and part of being a preacher is that people wanna know a lot about us. 
I don't really know what that's about. Maybe it's because we talk every week and so you're like, I wanna make sure I can trust this guy. But depending on which group I'm with or where I am, I'm, I'm bound to get a certain type of question. Oftentimes it's, it's tell us about how you understand this part of the Bible. Sometimes it's about your theology or your call story. But more than anything else, everybody, the, the most common question is, how did you and Brianna meet, right? Everybody wants to know about your personal life. Get all in your business. That's fine, I don't mind. But, but I'm grateful um, that people want to know those things because it makes me, gives me a chance to celebrate that I, I outkicked my coverage, I married above my head, all the things that are true for most of us in this room, these men in this room, like we, you know, thank you very much for, for choosing me, even though it was kind of a step down, but we met at Huntingdon, she was a cross country runner, and I was getting ready to graduate. I was three weeks from headed to Duke for seminary. And, um, and then she asked me to her formal. And we had been friends for two years. We'd known each other, but she was always dating other guys. And that sounded bad. That's not the way I meant that. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. That was a genuine accident. I did not mean it that way. That sounded terrible. I'm gonna be in trouble. She had a boyfriend, so I never had a chance to ask her out. But then she, um, she and that boy broke up. She needed a date to reformal. We were friends. She asked me, we fell in love. And then I decided I was gonna go to Emory in Atlanta instead of Duke in Durham, North Carolina. And, um, but part of this decision-making was, was I, I wanted to sit down and talk to her. And I wanted to ask her some questions, right? I wanted to know, hey, all right, so if we date, I need, I'm gonna need some information from you. I'm, I'm gonna need you to answer some, some things. What are you gonna bring to my life that's gonna make it more enjoyable? I asked her, I said, um, what, what's really in this for me? If I were to take some, some information from you and go to you know, my accountant, could he give me a return on investment and like a happiness quotient for what it's gonna be like if you and I were to go the distance, right? Is this gonna be really, really worth it? And I just heard an O, oh, like, no, I did not do that. That is not a real story. That part of it, we did meet, she ran cross country, I changed, but I never asked her those questions. I'm not that big of a jerk. I mean, I'm just, but, but this idea of what's in it for me and the concept of love, they don't go well together, do they? I would be a monster, and probably somebody Brianna would not wanna date and marry if I started our relationship by saying, well, what's in it for me? What am I gonna get out of this? How is this gonna help my life? When you love a person, you love them for who they are. You love them for who they are in and of themselves. Every, every sports fan knows this to be true too, right? When you love a team, you're not always expecting to be happy, right? My voice is going out because on Thursday night, I was cheering on the Braves and they lost. But I still love them and they will win today. I'm gonna name that, claim that in the name of the Lord. They're gonna win today. We'll see, I hope so. But when you love a person, whether it's romantic or friendship or fandom, you do not approach that relationship the first thing by saying, all right, what am I gonna get out of this? If I'm going to love you, go ahead and let me know what's, what's in it for me. For, for the next six weeks, we'll be talking about a disciple's path, this journey we take. And for six weeks, we're gonna look at our own hearts and our own commitments. And we're gonna try to assess, you know, what, what is our relationship with Jesus actually like? And what's it based on? Did we get into this relationship with the Lord? Did we profess our love for Jesus because we thought that it would be good for us? Because we wanna invest in our eternity or our temporalness or the time we have here that we're gonna get things? 
We're calling this a discipleship campaign, not a stewardship campaign, because we, we want to revisit what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Our mission, it's right there on the wall. We are making disciples who make a difference. But if we're gonna be making disciples, we have to be disciples, right? I think we're good at going out and serve. This church, Dauphin Way, y'all, I've been blown away for two and a half years about how good Dauphin Way is at serving. I have been underwhelmed at how good we are at discipling ourselves. And that's something I think we can all revisit. We can all grow into, we can all be better at. Because if we're gonna be disciples, we have to be moving. We have to be participating. That's what being a disciple means. It means to follow. If you're gonna be a disciple, it means to follow Jesus. And, and by the way, notice what Jesus didn't say. In this scripture we read just a minute ago, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. He did not say, if you want to become my believers. He did not say, if you want to become my admirers. He says, if you want to become my followers, my disciples, then follow me. There's a huge difference in being a follower and an admirer. There's a big difference in being a follower and a believer. I think oftentimes when we approach other Christians or people who are not sure if they're Christians, the first thing we ask them is, are you a believer? Has anybody ever asked you that? Have you ever had any conversations about, are you, are you a believer? Are you, are you, do, you, do you know Christ? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That is important. But I think equally important is, are you a follower? Do you do what Christ did? Do you act as Christ acts? Are you a disciple of Jesus? In this church, every member promises that they will actively live a life that follows Jesus. I've been under the opinion for a few years now that we should either take membership way more seriously or do away with it entirely. And we're not gonna do away with it entirely. And so our six week journey is, if we've made this commitment, or if you're going to make this commitment, does it matter to you? Do you take it seriously? Does being a part of a church impact your life more than being a part of a, a civic or social group? Does it matter more than the other commitments you have? Do people know, based on the way you live your life, that you are a follower of Jesus? And so we're just beginning this path today. I don't want you to decide right now. This is, I'm not gonna have an altar call right here. We will, make a we will have a chance for you to make that decision officially about how you're going to live your life in following Christ, what that means. We will have a way in which we can write that down, hold each other accountable, and that is in the coming weeks. But I want you to know that you have one opportunity today. You might not have to decide, this is how I will pray, this is how I'll be present, this is how I'll give, but you can decide this. I want to follow Jesus. I wanna be a follower of Jesus. I might not know the specifics. I might not know what that looks like. I might not have all the details. But as we were singing these songs, maybe you felt some impact on your life. Maybe Christ was doing some work. Maybe things have been going on in your life that you're just looking for something that can give you hope. Maybe you've been journeying as a Christian for a long time and never actually made an official decision and said, I'm gonna follow Jesus. There's never a day that goes by that you cannot make that decision. And as we begin this disciple's path, that's where it starts. It starts by saying, as Jesus said to those, if you're gonna be a disciple, follow me, that we say we want to follow Jesus. And I gotta warn you, following Jesus is not like following Google Maps. 
You don't always see the destination at the beginning. It doesn't always give you the easiest path and give you options that says this one's gonna be the fastest route. If you follow Christ, know that it is a life of sacrifice. It is a life where you are looking to serve instead of being served. It is a life where you are hoping to give as opposed to hoping to receive. But today, from this very beginning, you can decide that you'll follow Jesus wherever he leads you, no matter where that might be. And if you're wondering, what are you gonna get out of the deal? What's in it for me? There's only one thing we can offer, Jesus. See, whenever Jesus encountered people, he always gave him himself. It might seem kind of basic, but you remember when he fed the 5,000 people? The fish and the loaves. Well, the very next day after that, there was an even larger crowd that came to hear him speak and Jesus told them, I am the bread of life. They came looking for more food. They wanted him to do another miracle and give us more fish. And he said, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came from heaven. They wanted food and he wanted to give, him, give them himself. There's another time where, where Jesus was standing near a well and there's a woman at that well and Jesus said that he had this everlasting water that will never make her thirsty again. And she thought it was real water. And she said, sir, give me that water that I might never be thirsty again, give me that water. And he said, I am the living water. She wanted water, he wanted to give her himself. And there was a time where there was these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Martha was working very hard to make sure Jesus felt accommodated with his disciples that they felt at home, that they had nothing to worry about. And Mary was just hanging out with Jesus, sitting at his feet, not doing anything to help around the house. Martha was so furious and upset. She said, Jesus, tell Mary to come and help me get things ready. And Jesus said, do not rebuke her. Mary has chosen the one thing that is necessary and I will not take it from her. All she wanted was to be with Jesus. I don't know what you want from Jesus, but I know what Jesus wants to give you, and that's himself. As believers, sometimes we come to Jesus with hands out thinking we know what we need. I need more money, I need a different house, I need a different school, I need to make an A on this test, I need this or that. And when we come to Jesus saying, Jesus, give us the bread, give us the water, tell Mary to come help me. Jesus says, I will give you something. And it's me. So as a church, if you decide to follow Jesus, all we can offer you is Jesus. And my friends, I can promise you that that is more than enough. That is more than sufficient for whatever our needs are. And the practicalities of that are difficult at times. It's hard to articulate. It's hard to nail down in one sermon what exactly happens through the life of a follower. But I want you to pay attention to this part. When, when you follow Jesus, when I follow Jesus, when we all follow Jesus, that means Jesus is the center and the thing that we're going for. And if, if you're following Jesus, no matter where you're starting from, and if I'm following Jesus, no matter where I am in my journey, and if you're following Jesus, no matter where you've been your entire life, if we're all heading towards the same thing, you know what happens? 
We all draw closer together as we draw closer to Christ. And as a church, that's what we can offer one another. Our way of offering Jesus is by offering ourselves. And so if you're lonely and looking for people to journey with, if you're heading towards Christ, we're gonna be right there with you. If you have felt isolated, like there's nobody on this path with you, if you will reorient yourself and point towards Christ, I promise we will be there with you. We are a church that says we want, we want to make disciples that make a difference. And first and foremost, we want to be disciples ourselves. Every church I've ever served, everybody wants unity. We've always talked about for the past two years, unity between all of our various services. The way in which we become more and more unified is that we draw closer together by drawing close to Christ and being followers. And so for the next five weeks after this one, we're gonna consider very specifically, how do you draw close to Christ? And how do you draw close to your sisters and brothers? And we think it's five specific things. Your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. Love, it's not about what can I get out of it. We don't start this relationship to say, if I do these things and life's gonna be perfect. But when you love somebody, when you love the Lord and you love this church and you love each other, you realize that you, you'll find the light not in what somebody can give you, but just in who somebody is. When you, when you love somebody, you don't say, hey, what can I get from you? You'll end up saying, hey, what can I give to you? And that is my prayer for all of us as followers, as disciples, that we will get to the place in our lives where we realize we are on this journey where we can offer the people who are journeying with us that bread, that water, that life everlasting, we can offer people Jesus because Jesus has offered himself for us. So today you can do that. You can just say, I'm gonna figure it out over the next five weeks. I'm gonna go to the Bible study tonight from five to 6.30. I'm gonna talk about it with my family. I don't know what it looks like yet. I don't know what my prayer life's gonna look like. I'm gonna, we're gonna discern that. But you can make the first step. You can say, I am gonna follow Jesus. And I pray that we are a church that all together follows Christ. Will you pray with me?